podcast. Hell yeah, brother. Overload, brother. Beats by at Smoke M2D6. Welcome to episode 27 of Seattle Overload, the Seahawks podcast with a heavy dosage of X's and O's. We're back after a shorter hiatus than usual. So all of you people saying we let you down and we're disloyal. Yes, you're right. We, we are. But we do appreciate you. Thank you for checking in again. Sorry that we're, we, we've been gone for a bit, but we're back to sort of recap the Seahawks who've lost two games and won one since we last saw them. And we're, we'll focus a bit on the Bills game, but also look at the whole picture. And when I say we, that, of course, means Griffin is here as well. Griffin, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. I, um, I'm wearing the what's called the Comfy. It's like you might have heard of the Snuggie, but it's like the Snuggie on steroids. And I look ridiculous, but I'm incredibly comfortable. That so, and I hope is a this set- like aids, you know, the flow of the mm. podcast too. That's a setup to the uh, kind of you know posting that on the Twitter and everyone retweeting. Potentially, maybe is maybe. that the sort of thing that Facebook mums share onto their timeline? And it gets advertised probably. by Zuckerberg. He's probably got a stake in it. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, what color is it? It's kind of like a, it's like a muted beige, kind of a dark beige, kind of. Oh wow! So quite easy to sort of wear out. Wear it to yeah, a restaurant. It's like it's it's like a comforter, but just cut to like fit like a sweatshirt. And it so goes can you uh, can you go to the toilet in it easily? Um. You know, I haven't actually done that yet. You know what? I'll 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 do some market. I'll do some research, and I'll get back to you. Nice, because like onesies here were a thing um, about five years ago. They're quite difficult yeah. to go to the toilet in. You know, they're like a whole zip down right. deal. Well, like there's like long. I don't know what you guys call them over there, but like people who ski or snowboard like wear long johns, or people that just live in really cold climates. They call them long right. johns. They're like. They're like a full body like underwear, but they're basically a onesie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, I don't know the masculine never... edition, workmen and yeah, snow troopers, explorers, polo explorers, etc. So how are you? I'm good. Well, I don't think I can be good. Like, I had to, you know, I'm blessed to be able to do the work that I do. However, watching Seattle was very painful. Uh, especially on defense, but the offense struggled as well in, in parts against Buffalo, and I'm I'm not over that. I'm just, we're gonna have to talk about it now. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed from it. The um, yeah, <laughs> they suck. <laughs> they suck on defense, but yeah. Well, firstly, what are the, the issues? The issues are they. I would, and they've been yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of stuff that has been um, uh, fleshed out on Twitter by many people, but I think the starting point that you would let anyone would identify would be like they acquired all this talent in the offseason, but then that talent on the field is not the talent that they acquired because Shaquille Griffin has been, even though he wasn't acquired, he's an incumbent. He has been, you know 
kind of started the year off a little bit inconsistent anyway, but like the concussion, the hamstring, that's not good. Trey Flowers, even though he's depth, he's even though he might have had his best game of the season, and he wasn't great, but he might have had his best season relatively, he has been really poor this year, much worse than he was last year, and he was passable last year. Jamal Adams, of course, has been injured. Um, and not only has he been injured and he seemed to be playing injured this past game, he's maybe isn't 100%, maybe re-aggravated something. Time out of the system for a new team when you didn't have preseason. Yeah, I know everybody had preseason, but still not every team had that much roster t- turnover in their secondary. And then, you know, uh, Quentin Dunbar did, you know, was did not come in in shape. And then he's also been out and playing injured. So this this pristine starting secondary is not pristine for those reasons. So I, basically, while they theoretically do have a lot of talent back there, in reality, currently, they do not have talent back there. <laughs> not a lot of talent. Um, the, the, then, well, let's, well, let's talk defensive backfield. Well, that's right. the biggest issue on, on the roster right now. For a while, I suspected, and I think we both suspected that, yes, the pass rush was an issue. However, they were starting to get pressure with four, just four rushes. They were starting to run some interesting games from that uh, three-man or five-man spacing of like the bear-esque fronts of like Stick, Falcon, Rocky, whatever you want to call it. However, the coverage was bad. Like they they were off coverage. They the biggest thing for me is while they have a free safety in Quandre Diggs, he's actually having a really good season and is reliable. Think how many seams or post routes have been caught with him back there. Not many at all. I can't actually think of any if they're not pressuring. Um, while they've got that piece and yeah, he misses the odd tackle. Their cornerback group is a disaster. Shaquille Griffin, when he's in the game, busts the odd coverage. He's more comfortable and I've, I've heard it from people that he'd prefer to be a uh, cornerback who travels, plays press man. Yes, he gets beat occasionally, but he gets his ball production, he gets his picks. That's not what happens in Seattle. And he will get caught looking into backfield, get beat deep. Obviously, he's been out uh, the past two games with a concussion and a hamstring injury. But in his replacement, Dunbar was meant to be good, but you know his press coverage was always going to be a question mark. Fine. But what he's good at or was good at is anticipation, quickness. He doesn't have that because he's got this degenerative uh, or a chronic knee issue, which he's having to deal with week by week. And last week he couldn't run. So that's set why the yeah. defensive coaching staff put him out on the field as negligent speaks to how crap the cornerbacks they, they think are behind them. Lyndon Stevens is there. He had to have palms coverage explained to him in the offseason by Andre Curtis. I mean... No offense, but uh, you know he's a, he's an NFL veteran. He doesn't know what palms is. Uh, that's, that's highly questionable. Yes, the clip could have been out of context. Yes, I could be overreacting, but it's bad. <laughs> then Trey Flowers, he his confidence has is shot. They can't trust him to press. He got beat uh, in press coverage against Stefan Diggs. Yes, it's against Stefan Diggs, but he can't press. Like it, he got let off on that one. Yeah, he's improving. His confidence seems a bit higher now. Um, with the pressure stuff, it probably suits him. He's fine with a sideline, but you can't trust him in man. He'll get roasted. Teams will attack him. So they, they don't have the cornerback group to do anything they want. And then the yeah, nickel the carousel spot. at nickel, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ugo got progressively worse this year. He can't press coverage. DJ Reed looked like a steal of a pickup after his uh, break, first game against the 49ers. 
Then he forgot how to play any zone underneath Landmark, be it cover two curl or cover three, uh, uh, buzz or yeah. hook curl, buzz to flat, whatever. He he was crap. Um, he was really really yeah. bad. That could just be an off week. Uh, hopefully, it's 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 a weird nickel situation because DJ Reed relatively is better in man coverage, but then terrible in zone, and then it's kind of the inverse with Ugo. Um, although Ugo didn't have that great of a game against the Cardinals in zone either. So, um, but I don't know, maybe that was an off week as well for him. Um, yeah, just their secondary is just, it's in a really weird state right now with so much, so much injury and so the lack of continuity and just kind of cycling guys in and out for those two reasons as well. What, what was weird though, is that even though like we just talked about how poorly they played against Buffalo, there were still some like random snaps where everybody looked amazing, um, like <laughs> sprinkled in throughout. So I was like, wait, is there something here? Like maybe were they right to try to do this this much? But I, um, but, uh, so the, the game plan was, was, was another week probably building off of the San Francisco week was uh lots of lots of five man and six man rushes and even some like seven man rushes with the seventh rusher peeled or green dog. Um and there there was man and zone behind it. So it was a combination of the two. And the actual designs of the of the called blitzes or pressures mostly worked. They mostly attacked the Bills the way they wanted to. They were getting the free hitters and stuff. And they got sacks out of it. And then there were a couple of times where they had a near sack and Josh Allen either broke the pocket or just made a throw at the very last second. Um, some of them completed, some of them throwaways. So it's not like the process up front was bad, but there was just too many moving parts on the back end that they just couldn't they just couldn't keep track of it. And and against San Francisco, when everybody there was kind of this honeymoon period with the blitz, and I don't blame them because or anybody, because they won the game and they had a strong defensive performance relatively, but there were signs in the San Francisco game, even on the broadcast where like they're they don't have a flat player. The, the, the person who's the players who's responsible for any flat threat is so out positioned that any, a quarterback who identified where the pressure is coming from would have hit that quickly. And they probably would have gotten maybe even an explosive out of it. There are some other cases where they absolutely demolished the protection, but uh, you know, like, uh, Ryan Neal, he was the guy that he had to cover as the hot three players sprung open immediately, but the pressure just destroyed the the quarterback, the concept up front. So I was like, all right, there's still a lot of like potential for bad shit happening. And then mm-hmm. of course, and then of course Nick Mullins comes out in the second quarter and they blitz him. And he frankly, he just executes really well. They did get him a couple times, um, mm. but then it just shows you how a better executing quarterback uh, is is nullifying what they can do up front, even if the stuff up front is better than it was and more creative than it was last year when they were pressuring a lot. Yeah. Um, so, so, but then, like, you kind of go into the Bills game thinking, like, well, you know, they feel like they've discovered fire now with their blitz, and they're gonna they're gonna do it again. And Josh Allen, of all people, just cuts them up. Uh, not the whole game again, because like I just said, some of it actually did work, but. Um, it was just a combination of a 
competent quarterback and an elite wide receiving core against a hobbled inexperienced secondary. Oh, I'm well, glad secondary uh, that doesn't have experience with each other rather. Yes. I'm glad you've moved the point on to sort of looking at play calling and obviously there's massive calls for a firing Ken Norton Jr. and whatnot. We get onto the merits and uh, non merits of that. Um just on the play calling thing, like they had the Arizona Cardinals game where they got stuck in like they were doing I thought the game plan was fine, just the execution was crap. Um, and we've talked about the talent on the back end being an issue. But then towards the end of the game, they got stuck in like passing fronts and and uh, pass uh, thinking uh, coverage and drop eight stuff for the whole like of the end of game. And then even when the Cardinals just needed a field goal to win it uh, mm-hmm. the first time around in overtime, it was just pathetic. It was, it was absolutely rubbish. And, and then, so now they're blitzing more. And like like you said, with Mullins, they tried to blitz him as well. They actually blitzed him more than Grappolo slightly. And um, But their blitz rate was over 50% in that game. And yeah, it worked against Jimmy G, who couldn't throw the ball. And we've known he's crap for a while, but my word, he was bad. Kind of disappointed in what uh, Shanahan did in that game. But, you know, is what it, who cares? Like that, that, that was a banged up 49ers team. Mullins, yeah. you know, slinged it around and... That was kind of worrying, and I said after that game on Twitter, at least. Sorry, we didn't do a podcast. Um, the you know I think the problems are still the same with the team, and then lo and behold, Josh Allen comes comes out. Like you said, some of the stuff works, and their execution was rubbish at times. But also, once again, they got stuck in man pressures, and like Ken Norton, it's like he calls series of defense, which is like fine in principle. Like there's there's theories of like a series offense like just going back to like wing t stuff like georgia tech like back mm-hmm. you know obviously they're not doing that now where you layer off each play call within a certain package i don't think that works with seattle especially when you're getting stuck in the same man well it's not the same but you, you're getting stuck in cover zero cover zero cover zero and, and yeah. uh, you know you can't get stuck in man especially when it's something which is so far away from what you are not just what you are philosophically, but what you are from a personnel standpoint. So yeah. it's like he's working his way down a call sheet in terms of, oh, next section, I'm going to my cover, my, my man pressure stuff. He doesn't, it's not structured as though first down, second down, third down. And I yeah. just, they're a mess. And, and I think what, they're throwing stuff at a wall to see what sticks and uh, a good example of that is a good example of that is matt bowen uh, at matt bowen 41 who is a really good follow if if you if you don't follow him nfl right analyst esp anything but obviously an ex uh nfl vet as well and a db coach now uh he he tweeted out like percentages of coverages so like cover one highest rate uh cover two highest rate cover three highest rate cover four highest rate two man highest rate cover zero highest rate and blitz highest rate five or more rushes seattle wasn't in any of them when was the last time a seattle defense didn't be wasn't in the top five for cover three run or you know cover three coverage run when was the last time a seattle defense wasn't in the top five for any you know anything run like Pete Carroll has always had a base philosophy coverage idea, but right now they're throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks, and they're let down by talent, execution, failure to play, assignment sound, uh, fundamental football, but also 
a play calling which has a, a consistent theme of being unable to get off the field and, and clear passing downs and like third down, being unable to stop a pass, which would actually, along with the coverage bus, which happen each week, point more towards Andre Curtis, who's the passing game coordinator, whatever the hell that means, but, you know, it falls under his remit. Mm-hmm. But also points towards like a, a defense which gets stuck in certain things, in series of things, and just can't get out of it. Like, okay, fine, you've you've done that. That was great. You got the sack. Don't keep doing it until they start carving you down the field. Maybe change it up a bit more. Like sprinkle it in a bit more. Now, yeah, and especially when it's some, you know, fine, run, rush four, cover three. That's that's what you you front office has drafted players to do that. Right. <laughs> Don't start getting stuck into like. Tampa two five man, do yeah. Don't get yeah exactly. Don't get stuck into the worst thing about that Bills game from a, a play calling standpoint was they got stuck in cover zero stuff, which was matching up their safeties, be it Ryan Neal, Jamal Adams, on Stefan Diggs. You can get away with that once, maybe twice if you're lucky. Trying to get away with that more is is not not a good idea, and uh, and so it proved. Yeah, and like as you were saying, they would have one snap where the DBs swallow up in man coverage, swallow up all the vertical routes. I'm like, okay, they actually, they kept it together. Then the very next, the very next snap, the bears present a stack against a similar look. And then they just run a man beater and they can't, the guy that is getting, the guy that is getting rubbed can't do anything against Cole Beasley running a pivot or a return. You know, when you've got mm-hmm. no low hole help, it's just, how do you not like, maybe it's just, you know, hindsight is 2020 but how do you not anticipate them adjusting to what you're very clearly doing um it's it's like they're only thinking game planning they're only thinking adjustments and layering as far as like in the box what what is going on like why not why not they only did it a couple times where they they showed they showed blitz and then they fell back into a drop seven scenario or, and it worked you know, and it, and it worked. Yeah, it worked. They they were throwing. Josh Allen was looking for his hots, and they were all covered up. And then he does the thing where he just kind of stares at the receiver, like, and just stops <laughs> moving his feet. Like, he doesn't even, like, shuffle or hitch up. He just kind of stops, and, like, maybe his brain shuts off, too. I don't know. And then he's like, oh, okay, I can't throw that now. And then he just goes and does something else. Because um, as you said to me, like, via Twitter DM, how much of that stuff he was hitting was just first read stuff, like, on the on – you know, watching it back. Yeah. It, yeah. it was so then, much like he, they never got him really off schedule, even like like the hot route was always there for him. And then, then they just sort of went, Oh, okay, we're going to play man. The, uh, you know, I wondered if like, I would doubt, I doubt that they didn't come into that game expecting to blitz as much as they did. But I wonder if how much the first two series, and even though they did do some wacky stuff in the second series especially, I wonder if with how many busts they had in cover three or just poor cover three play, if they were spooked in running that, they feel like they had to be super multiple Mm -hmm. um, in in order to like, I don't know, mask their inability to play a coordinated cover three. Cause like, actually the only bright spot in their cover three play really when they did play cover three was Diggs. Diggs is middle of the field safety play. He goes through, like he does his job very well back there actually, you know, like mm. relating to his first threat, reading the quarterback shoulders and intentions, breaking on the breaking, breaking on the next threat. Once he's cleared that, like his functional range is not elite, but it's good. 
And then his processing is probably close to elite. So that combines just for like really good safety play back there. And then the other part was maybe like isolating like Dunbar's Dunbar's read when he has more than one receiver to his side. So like his one to two read or, you know, his seam read um, playing off like he's he's understands that pretty well and is maybe probably more consistent than Shaquille in that Shaquille like you mentioned he can either be really aggressive in doing so or like completely fall apart biting on something else that isn't there um but then Dunbar's actual coverage when he's actually covering a receiver was pretty was pretty not very good um outside of that it was really poor I mean like of course the first touchdown throw it was trips that's like the main thing like Seattle is known for is like how they handle trips out of cover three. And, you know, 90% of the time the weak hook or the flooding weak hook to strong hook player, the three up player is matching that first deep cross over the field, which is usually the, from the number three receiver. And then he carries them up and the safety leans, the deep safety leans to the other side. In this case, one of the main scenarios where that doesn't happen is one of their their checks or adjustments is when the isolated receiver has a close split or a condensed or minus split and they can do a variety of different things there and clearly and you mentioned on twitter jamal adams who is the weak hook player is communicating he points out the motion and then he's communicating something to trey and clearly they're doing something that is like intention so jamal clearly doesn't think he has the number three receiver pre-snap from that Mm. So that either means Trey needs to like haul ass to the middle of the field as Diggs leans to the post, or he at least just needs to bail once he realizes he has a, a curl, a curl with inside leverage well inside his divider. Well, so at that I, point, I, he and just also, needs- and also he played that number one like receiver with more like um, scooch technique, like he yeah, was sort was like of more head up. off man kind of ish, yeah, as opposed to. He wasn't like looking bail kind of thing, which you'd expect if he was thinking, I'm looking for work coming the other way once one goes shallow, if one goes shallow. Right. Yeah. I mean, so they they clearly weren't, weren't on the same page between Jamal and Trey because Diggs, his first steps, his first two steps, he melts toward if there is a seam from number two or a post from one. He melts mm-hmm. t- toward that. And then he immediately, once he realizes three is all alone, he mm. breaks toward that. That's a play. I don't think any safety can make in that situation, if mm. if there's nobody to get under. No, it's not. Uh, like there's that clip of like poor old Bobby having to haul last with three up from the weak hook uh, against Devontae Adams, and like Earl Thomas isn't gonna what didn't work his way over three like in, on that play because that's just not where your eyes are. Like Diggs actually did, yeah. I think, quite well to make his way. Two three in the end, especially with the tight spacing of the red zone. But then he yeah, immediately turned right. around and was like, "What the fuck, guys?" It did yeah. look like he was looking towards Trey Flowers, so he must have got the call. Um, I think this is like a point where, and I'm going to have an article out on some of the coverage busts. But um, I think this is a point where we can transition a bit towards the the defensive front and the pass rush, and we have it on good authority that the stick and the falcon, like the three tech zero tech three tech with the two wide nines, the bear looking fronts. We have it on good authority that certain Seahawks players think that that is to blame for the coverage busts, and I take issue with that because, yeah, the front's good at, at stopping stopping the run, um, and it's worked. Uh, and it, uh, really, it's a uh, San Francisco 49ers killer. We saw it in action. You, you've tweeted 
like really good stuff about how like the zero nose technique uh, is has been like absolutely destroying centers, like getting into the backfield, running down plays into the C gap, whatnot. But um, you know, the, blaming that for like coverage bus, that seems odd when they're still running the same coverage. Like it's still three weak bars, it's still three strong bars, it's three still yeah. uh, three strong sky, it's still three weak sky. Okay, yeah, there's probably some different communication, but it's not like they're not being asked to do something radically different. Um, apparently, Ken Norton doesn't feel like he can get pressure from that those looks, um, and the spacing is a bit odd. But from what I've seen, when they've rushed four and played games, they've they've done all right. Yeah, they like, they, ab- they have five down, like and and when they they mix it up by you know rushing right, dropping the Leo, like, it still works. I don't, I really don't get why they haven't. Just like Pete said, they went into this buff- Buffalo game thinking uh, they were going to run it a bit more, which is his classic like post game. I'm not going to blame anyone. I'm just going to make stupid comments which aren't very thought out, and Twitter can overreact about them. But like th- that sort of thing, where you know, yes, it's a, they're thinking run with that front, but it was fine. It's fine against the pass. I, I like they're still getting rushed with it. Dunlap looked good from it. Um, they've, they've, like I said, they've got the games from it. I, I don't really think that's. I don't see how that's the issue. I mean, w- what are your thoughts on on the front and the pass rush? And obviously, they went more to like uh, under and like over st- uh, stuff as the game progressed, and mixing yeah. in like even and like the t- two three techniques. And um, I mean, and zero. <laughs> the o- the only way that s- that statement makes sense to me is if you're rushing four and then you kind of don't have a second wide guy. Other other than other mm. than that, like to like really point. burn the edge. Other Good than point. that, like the movements and stuff, like th- they try to make a pass rushing line schematically off of that line, and like the the three zero three actually sets up, you know, inside twists and a variety of stunts quite well. Also, I mean, Puna Ford actually had maybe his best pass rushing game of his career from the nose this game against and mm-hmm. it wasn't a great game but i mean he, he got into the backfield because he gets because the front naturally presents itself with one-on-ones so he's you know acts like he's slanting hard and then practically pulls a hunt move or like a or like a jerk pull swim move you know over over the center it gets clean up the up the middle twice um i mean just you know the uh the the full line slants i mean cuz one of the ends is always going to be like a one of the tackles is always going to be like an end skill set so either like bullard or rashim or whatever you know if they call full line slants it gives them the opportunity to just cut up the field across yep. across the guard's face and a couple of times rashim greens getting up field with that and and he if, looked nice yeah and if and if in that scenario if if Josh Allen is is able with the coverage allows him to move off his first read then Rasheem Green's in the backfield, and if he has to move around and reset in the pocket, who knows what can happen in that case. And then there's a other rep that you pointed out where Rasheem Green just gets a clean win mm-hmm. um, from three technique with like a with like a, a speed swipe, and then bends the corner. Jaron Reed was working a uh, a cross. Tra- he was working a lot of things actually. He was really trying to corner on the guards in this game, like really trying to win to the outside, rush like a wide arc, almost as wide as like. Michael Bennett would rush it. He would rush a guard like he would rush a tackle. And he would almost play with the same width, but he could do that because Cliff Averill would rush really wide as well. So the spacing worked out. Well, on the you know, the bare front, you've got a stand up, a two uh two point stance 
wide five or nine technique essentially Carlos Dunlap also rushing wide as well I mean he can rush he can power guys too Alden Robinson was rushing wide so that gave Reed space to really work and he actually had like three four legit wins on the outside and then he had another a couple other wins where he could rush tight too where he rushed power and and kind of what Pete Jenkins calls the pull slide move where you just grab their shoulder and swim over I mean he called it jerk swim whatever uh, yeah, but I mean, I, th- there's lots of they have lots of like m- options. Off well, of another the, one they the do spacing. Another one they do is that they like the zero technique picks for the three technique. You know, like yeah. he slants out and the three technique loops around, and that's been successful. And th- th- and then, like you said, with the line movements, they're essentially slanting into under or over. Like they're just they're opening a B gap bubble after. But also for the for the rush defense, they're um, you know, they're bubbled out. They're not leaving one and. What's disheartening th- hearing that uh, Ken thinks it's um, more of just a run front is that we perhaps attributed too much credit in the sense that we got excited because it's that whole thing of leaving it so against the Rams you can play staggered hooks. Now it was it was coming from a defensive line perspective when they said Ken thinks it's a good run front, so maybe that's how he sells it to the D line because it I mean, maybe they are upset with the spacing of it, even though it seems more successful to us. Anyway, we we thought it was nice because it means that the safety, and we'll see it against the Rams. Uh, it means the safety can doesn't really have a run fit, so he can just play that staggered hook. He can play further back, and he can cut all the overroots off play action that the Rams love to hit. And it's like a, a better version of the six one because you don't run into the same post wheel issues of the the linebacker down the at the line scrimmage yeah. being responsible. Yeah, exactly, exactly yeah. that. So yeah. Also, hmm. the, the the way that they play their nose technique, it allow it kind of like it allows the um, it allows the the backer that is zeroed behind the nose, yes. kind of allows him to hang with the crossing route, so he's not over pursuing. Yeah, um, I mean, it depends on which the direction the run is ran, but it's often a it's often away from the it's often toward the direction of the passing strength, but like away from the flow. What am I mm-hmm. trying to say? Yeah, so that he's a, it's, it just gives him more width to help robot as well, as well of course for the for the robbing safety as you mentioned because he's coming from depth and he doesn't have to worry about his run fit as much. So it pairs up with robber and and even too high quite well. Um, I don't know. We uh, I think like overall, I mean, we both kind of talked about this. We. We'd like to see them just kind of rep cover three more often and watch mm. them build up kind of the uh, the continuity and cohesion for that. Um, the issue is that if they don't feel like they have the, if they are really that much afraid of their four man rush and they're really afraid of, of their corners that much, to not be able to do that, that forces, you know, rushing five and six, which then is an interim fix until you feel like you can rush four. But then when you feel like you can rush four, you don't have the cohesion there built like already waiting in waiting for you. So it's a, uh, it's a weird catch 22 that they're in. Um, Therefore, I don't know. Yeah. They just have to get, I feel like the only answer right now is just wait it out until everyone's healthy. And then you can actually assess what their, what their ideal process is. Here's my issue with that. I don't think Dunbar's going to get any better. Flowers is maybe ho- like we they have to hope Flowers um keeps improving his confidence and can press a bit better. Griffin will be back, but like, I don't the issues are the cornerbacks. Like yeah. I, and that's an argument really 
for hopefully they they I I think you have to do rush four cover three and get good at that and just deal with the consequences of the odd deep ball going over the head of the corner but make like force them into pressing but like the argument for doing more rush or cover three is they'll have a buzzer underneath so hopefully the buzzer will be able to get to certain comeback yeah, routes and, right. and short routes like so many times they pressure and the cor- the comeback's given up because the corner will give up any corner will give up the comeback if you're pressuring and their quarterback's yeah. throwing that hot you know like well yeah. not any cornerback but um, a lot of them Lots. so yeah the they're in I mean, a mess. I mean, even 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 DK Metcalf had the comeback on Tre'Davious White, and yeah, it's it's like the, and and not DK Metcalf is getting very good at that, but that just goes to show like elite receivers are going to get possession yardage against elite cornerbacks at least a, a few times. You can't not have that happen. Otherwise, no. you'd be like, not everybody is 2009 Darrell Revis. You know, at that particular, just being able to shadow anybody at all times, mm. they just don't exist. So, yeah, they um, they need to get out of the the firefighting mindset because they're sort of they're taking two steps uh, forward and like five steps back. They're just creating so many more issues. I think we said that about the 2019 yeah. defense, um, and that may be an issue with Ken Norton. So that sort of brings me to the to the point where I ask you: Should he be fired? <laughs> Uh, I mean, in season, that doesn't do anything. It doesn't solve anything. I think it just if, creates if, an even bigger mess, doesn't it? I think, yeah, I think it just Because then, then what ends up happening is you end up promoting Andre Curtis just out of as an interim hire. And then who's the... Who, uh, is then by, that, the, by the yeah. way, his defensive backs are the issue, really. They're the ones who keep right. busting everything. Right. So, I don't know... You also oh, talked about how just general coaching position, position coaching attrition is like an underlying variable. So, do you hire back Chris Richard in some capacity this offseason? Does it I matter think you've who got the defensive to do something. coordinator is? Do you just drill the hell out of fundamentals? Do you? What about you hiring uh, Wade Phillips? That's the one Twitter likes putting out there. Like, how the fuck does that help anything? Well, it just was. It just wouldn't work. It's no. it's like it's like trying to put like a I don't know anything about cars, but it's like trying to put like a like a <laughs> fucking semi truck engine in a Ferrari. It's like yeah, that's a good engine and that's a good car, and they don't go together. Square peg in a round hole. Yeah, there you go. That's a much better metaphor. <laughs> and like all respect to Wade, and even though like people are critical of of Pete right now, like not just. Not just his ability right this year, but some people are kind of throwing out retrospectives on him altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, I still all all that considered, I still think he's a good coach, and I think he has good found foundational principles of how he thinks about football and all that. But like, you know, some people just don't mix, and I'm sure Pete has all the respect in the world for Wade Phillips and the defenses he's built. But like, and then by the same token, Wade, every single elite defense Wade Phillips has had has had elite players and he also you could argue he underperformed in la too players over scheme it's, it's always the thing um yeah. what one thing i'd say is probably that um the, uh, i think this season probably does decide ken norton's fate um i don't like if they if they continue to be this bad there's no way that i, don't, I think pete sticks with it and I I'd say the the issue right now though is that he's trying too much. Like they're trying to do too much. They don't know what they are. Like I said, we, we've, yeah. we've been all over that. But like 
They just need to just pull it back. And I, I don't know if they're going to do that. Like Pete's talking about pressuring still. Yeah, and, and, then, it, and, and then the and other Jamal variable had, is mm. the players like to rush too. Bobby and That's, Jamal, they yeah. like to do that shit. I so mean, how much Bobby's, of it is player driven? Bobby's slowing down a lot. Um, and like his lateral agility's gone. He's blitzing more suits him, like prevents him from having yeah. to like rob a cross or whatever. Jamal is a is a very disruptive blitzer. I still maintain that he's an excellent underneath his own defender, super active, super rangy. I know that you agree with me on that. But um yeah. he likes See, to but- blitz. But they just need to get back into that whole, okay, we're we're gonna get more sub package, more blitzing on, on passing downs and stuff, just mix it in. They can't yeah. they have to be base, cover three, rush four. And and sprinkling in man man when you when you can, though they're not very good at that, and just sprinkling the blitzes. Like they can't they're they're trying to do too much. They're trying to disguise coverages as well. That you know, they're trying lots of different things. This isn't like some lazy we're the, the cover three is dead. Like Pete Carroll's defense yeah. is dead. This I've never seen anything like they're running like Tampa two invert and stuff. They're running. Yeah. I've never seen so, like uh two three deep cloud pressures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two two deep uh three under pressures. When was the last time we saw that from Pete Carroll? I do not recall right. that. And and they're still they're trying so much, and they just I think need to scale it back. And I'm not sure yeah. they will. Regarding your comment on Bobby, that's all the more reason to play. I mean, that's even a sh- that adds to the argument for cover three because in part of pressure coverage or blitz coverage, whatever, if he's not, if he doesn't happen to be rushing, he's either in man or he's like a, a hot two or a hot to three player. And that's inherently putting more stress on him. And there's so many moving parts. Look, I mean, look at KJ Wright. He's been slow as shit forever. He's even slower now, but he's still an extremely good hook player and an extremely good curl flat yeah. or buzzer player. So mm. when there's four consistently four underneath in the coverage, Bobby still has the athleticism to play a really good hook. Like when he mm. has the spacing of a hook next to him and a buzzer mm. next to him relating to routes and knowing relating, like le- communicating, help, knowing what's around him. It's just, it's just familiar to them. Like he can, they, they have an elite underneath, you know, if they actually mm. have four underneath, they just don't have the they just don't have the athleticism and tackling to consistently be a three under team or to be a man team right now. And that's three under applies to when they do retreat, which they haven't been doing as much recently. They do mm. retreat. This is so this is a, that's another thing. So yeah. they st- they started the, they started the Bills game. And they were they were doing lots of three under stuff. They're getting out leveraged. Like Alan was finding the hot route, which out leveraged the hot two player like really quickly. And they're getting big yardage. So then Seattle tightened it up and just and then just went man. What why is there not a variation? Why is there not okay? Sometimes sometimes we're going to do this. Sometimes we're going to do that. There's none of that. It's, it's crap. Yeah. Like that yeah. that is a real issue, and that is a consistent issue throughout the season. This isn't just a one game thing. Um. You know, like I like I spoke about the the rush three middle field open stuff against uh, the the Cardinals was a joke, and then like on the last drive when they needed just a field goal, oh we're gonna be we're going back to cover three, um, and the second last drive where they needed a field goal because I think they they missed the first field goal didn't they? But the the second time round they were like okay we're back to cover three we're gonna play our stick front um or our falcon front and we're gonna do that but the corners are gonna play really far off. They're just such. They they need they need um, 
yeah, they they do need to fix those sorts of issues. And I'm again, I'm not sure they can be fixed. But it's in season, uh, and a, a firing doesn't help. Then and Pete will believe that overcoming the adversity together will make them better in the long run if they can do that. Um, it's it's very disheartening to watching the defense. But I think you feel more positive about it than I do. Um, I I only feel positive assuming that they kind of maximize the talent available to like that's easier said than done but i mean i, I say it assuming they're, they'll make the adjustments or is something similar to the adjustments that we've kind of been ranting about in this podcast so if they don't i'm not positive at all because it's just going to be you know repeats rehash of of what we saw last week and and you know the kind of what what was being threatened in the Niners game of things potentially going wrong, which is what ended up happening against the Bills. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, they do play the schedule eases up quite a bit after the Rams game, I think. Please so just play, just maybe, get back to cover three. It's the perfect opportunity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, really, really drill the hell out of it. Like, even... Like DJ Reed clearly had no idea what he was doing, and and those how first does two how like does the, that the first, happen though? The first play of the game, they run, they run, it's empty. They're in cover mm-hmm. three, and they run Haas Juke. So it's it's three receivers on one side, two on the other side. Uh, you know, the number three receiver runs that little juke route, which depending on like the technique of the defender of the low hole defender or whatever yeah. the coverage it is can look like a little stick route. Then you, the two outside receivers hitch and then the two slot receivers run their seams. Um, Bobby so like, got the wide Duke route, didn't he? he matched up yeah, with it he, in the hook. He, yeah, he did. And then, and then, so the ball ends up going to the flat and Dunbar is bailing off and reading the number two receiver as he should, squeezes it even really aggressively. And then the 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 buzzer on the weak side. Um actually no, there is no buzzer because there's a C match. Jamal is really tight, C match coverage. Trey sticks on his number one receiver because they don't have a smash rule to that side. Where that's where basically it just takes you for the audience, takes you out of the match and the buzzer has to go play the flat and then Trey plays it but it's in that case because they have the the soft sky match on that side they don't so it looks like trey's in man and it looks like jamal's in man even though there are zone principles of play but anyway on the other side of the field um um dj reed is the strong buzzer and he has to realize that if one hitches he has to jet out to the flat now given that it's empty and the balls on the far hash he has a what is called like a hang buzz technique so basically his buzz isn't all the way to the sideline it's you kind of hang in the seam. So he's thinking tighter than wide and he reads number three kind of peeling out on the juke route. So or returning a bit on the juke route. So he's thinking squeeze that. But if one hitches, he still has to be cognizant of what one is doing because, Mm -hmm. because it's empty. If one were to run a shallow, he'd have to take him through anyway. So Mm -hmm. he still has to know what one is doing, even though his buzz technique doesn't take him as far to the sideline. So he, he bites on three help. So basically Mm -hmm. he and Bobby are more or less doubling a guy. And then Dunbar is 20 yards downfield hugging the seam. And what should have been like a tackle for two yards goes for like eight yards on the first play of the game. It's just like basic shit. I mean, that's something in that scenario, Ugo probably probably nails down on that flat route like immediately. Maybe. Just be- but, then just he was, be- but then he was crap against uh, whoever it was. Cardinals. 
Yeah. But that, um, that was more like that was more like curl play and cover two though, right? That's yeah. slightly different. Yeah, it was than cover two technique. issue. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Well, well, it was a different issue. Yeah. But I with with read on that play, like that may speak to like bad communication from Dunbar. Like obviously he doesn't have eyes in the back of his head, and but he was like, it, and he was too like bothered with that hang and like rerouting two up. But it was just. Yeah. It was just weird, just bad comms, and like he, like his cover two play, like to empty or like trips. He was like playing, yeah, you play with inside eyes on two, but then he just got stuck there. Like you have to yeah. widen. Like it, he was just really he, bad. You could not he, tell. He, he, were, he spent he time in this system. In some of those scenarios, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, exactly. He spent time in the system. He he's been there. He he's played under. Robert Salah, the defensive genius, you know, who's obviously using Pete Carroll's system. I, I don't get what happened to him. And again, that may speak to them trying too much, adding too much in, confusing players. I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah, not not yeah. great. Um, the uh, the fact that Pete and the pressers said stuff happened that never should have happened, stuff we've been doing forever, and then he talked about like how great practice went that week. I mean, maybe they. Who knows? I mean, if he really, if he was being completely honest and really was shocked that they played things as poorly as they did, maybe all the, maybe they just shit, shit their pants out there. Mm. I don't know. I mean, like, what if it was just a random combination of things? I don't know. Um, maybe. Yeah. So, right. offense. The, how how do we feel about the offense? Because they've they threatened to have this sort of uh, like struggling stretch. Uh, Wilson's turning the ball over a lot now. He obviously doesn't usually do that. They have their issues, but I personally feel that the offense is still very good, and obviously they put up a lot of points still. Uh, what What's your thoughts on it all? And, yeah, you know, I, have... I mean, I, I I agree. I think they're I think they're still good. They just kind of had one of their lesser games, and the. Uh, I don't. You you mentioned this in the <laughs> Twitter DMs, like the receiver effort sometimes just is not there. Like honestly, like it's almost like they just don't care. Some of course they care. It's on any given play. Sometimes they'll just kind of be jogging or like running their routes at like three quarters mm. pace. It's like what's going on right now. Cardinals um, game, you saw that. Forts Niners game, you saw that. And this last game, you saw that. It's not just a a one game thing. It's not just a one play thing. Like there's certain routes where they're like, it's like maybe they expect a scramble to happen, like, and then they're gonna have to break back the other way. So they're like, yeah, I'm just right. gonna jog across on this dig. There's no right. real urgency and tempo to their to their breaks, their cuts, their routes, their effort, and yeah. it enables defenses backs to catch up and also dissuades Wilson from throwing it to them obviously yeah um a lot of the sacks were on him too um some of them are covered sacks yeah. though um yeah they i mean and they and again that's not just a one game thing like the the Arizona game he, they got him good with that one pressure where they like sugared people down at the line of scrimmage uh they took a sack in the 49ers game which was on him as well um it, and then the, the the issue with the Bills game is obviously they were playing with, like, they were, what, 17 nothing down. So they, he was naturally pressing a bit more. Um, and then, the, like, defensive coordinators can feel more comfortable heating him up and sending more pressure. Uh, 
DJ Dallas still isn't quite it and pass pro and that they're getting into the breaking protection schemes a bit. Um, and Wilson's not sensing the free rusher. And there was some sim pressure stuff and creeper stuff, which like caused issues as well. But it like, to me, it all comes like there's, they still had a really good passing offense. Like they still had very good concepts. Wilson was still executing within that. It's just what happens is he ends up pressing too much. And then, and you, you can't play yeah. a game expecting to be seventeen nothing down. Yeah, or it was like twenty four seven at one point. I think one one theme though is that DK Metcalf has had two games in a row where his catch rate has been like well over seventy percent. Mm. I think just going off memory and Start so at the if high you, point. Yeah, starting the high point and those those possession. Of course, the comebacks. He's becoming really good and consistent at. The, oh yeah, the, the comebacks and the curls, but then, but then like where the the close split where the receiver kind of just if they're playing their divider leverage if it's cover three is kind of playing is, has to play off anyway, or they're just giving respect to him. Um, he's taking advantage of that space and he's catching those he's catching those dig routes now, and there he doesn't have to like run a great dig route and break open you know um, at the top of the stem and you know pop open and the ball lands right in his chest right as he you know comes out of his break or whatever um but like you know the the falcons game the first week he left like i don't know three catches on the floor um and they were kind of those possession targets where if he brings those in that's like yeah that's what a complete game comes from him and then but he's had those games two weeks in a row now um yeah. where and- he's just catching all that shit He's on, taking on that advantage comeback, of what corners are giving him. On that on that comeback point, um, and the Bills did a good job at, at times of disguising their coverage, but they were mainly middle field closed. And one of the things that Shotty's got installed now, as teams have like started to adapt to some other quick game things, is going under center, then doing like a three step drop, and it's essentially wide cross uh, from like uh, twelve personnel where they'll have one tight end as like the fullback, the the fake fullback. Mm-hmm. Or um, yeah, that's what it is. They they'll return shift him to confirm the coverage, have him like offset, and then it's just three step drop. Sometimes with play action, sometimes not. And then they've got two comebacks outside, which convert to go routes against um, press coverage or like coverage which is um, you know tight, and they feel they've got a step on it. But mainly, it converts to comebacks against like off cover three looks, which DK is mm-hmm. more likely to get. And they're hitting that with regularity where it's a deep passing concept as in it will get you 10 yards each go or maybe more if you're lucky. But it, it's like a quick game thing. It's like boom, boom. And they shifted into that as a nice drive starter. They've started shifting formations as drive starters. Again, it's it's hard to feel bad about the offense. Um, Chris Carson, they've been missing him. Uh, how big a miss is he for them? Um, I think just from my perspective... They don't have a runner right now, and I think Carlos Hyde is an NFL veteran. Is that they'd have a runner right now who can cut back, run through someone in the lane? He, they'd have a runner who can press a double team effectively. Dallas, yeah. everything's going 100 miles per hour for him. This last game is better for him. He hit one nice cutback, but really he was struggling. Uh, Homer is weak. Um, he's a very, very good pass protector, but he, he's weak and uh, sort of a, a, a skittish runner who is purely. Yeah gonna get what the offensive line Gives gets up, you out yeah. of push yeah and so dallas yeah. and dallas how much i mean sorry 
Carson, how much they miss him? Uh, I think they miss him a lot. I mean, especially for how Pete thinks about the game. He wants him for a variety of reasons, not just the actual yardage gained and all that. Um, In their mind, his presence probably sells certain formations better as well. And also, they like him in the passing game a lot too. Yeah, good pass. Really, he was taking those check downs, wasn't he? For nine yards or whatever. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, um, one thing in this game, and I think it was somewhat of a continuation off of last game, was that they were they kind of open again under center, um, and kind of being with a possessive mindset, not an explosive mindset from under center, and they kind of had relatively, I think, more success doing it this week than they did against the Niners um, under center and the week and against the Cardinals. Um, mm-hmm. But if they, I don't know, they they have to keep growing that because they've become they can become formationally like predictable otherwise and especially come playoffs i mean they run they run certain staples off of gun three step drops and then certain staples off of under center but like inverting the whether it's shotgun or under center with different with like like inverting the concepts with the, with the formation kind of leaves them like makes them harder to chart for defenses so they can get into certain things so they start taking it away um, like the Bills to start off kind of choked out the quick game a little bit. And then and then eventually Seattle was able to work in other things. So like they ran Hank from under center from gun a couple times and it didn't work. The Bills squeezed squeezed the hell out of it. Then I think they ran it once from uh from under center and they were able to get that to work because Russ had the throwing lane. Yeah. Um so but the problem with under center though, three step drops from under center or five the problem with three-step drops for under center is that Russ can't see over the line. But <laughs> but with whereas the, oh. the same concept from Gun is fine. But then the five-step drops, that's where he's getting a little bit more consistent, and he's hitting the comeback consistently from five-step under center drops, and that's huge. Even hitting David Moore. So to that to that point about Russ not being able to see, like another reason why you can't just get into pure passing. Like yeah, you pass heavy, but as soon as the defense can just sell out. Like the Bills did a great job of getting a guy in the A gap where Russ was trying to like pass over the middle to beat like man coverage or like blitz heavy matching coverage. Um, so like at the moment where Russ needed to hit the route over the middle, he legit had like a big body in the A gap or the passing lane, and he was like, "I can't see this. I'm I can't hit this shit. I'm too small." Um, yeah. And he missed it, or he didn't throw it, and he got sacked. Uh, so again, you just can't get into situations like that, and. A lot of that was the defense being crap, but also, um, yeah. Uh, the under center thing, I think that's a really good point, but also it's 12 personnel, uh, two tight ends coming in. I don't have the figures because I'm, I'm not prepared like uh, someone should be really. But anyway, last week I felt they struggled early against uh, 49ers, but 12 personnel got them back on track, getting two tight ends out on the field. And this week as well, the two tight end mm-hmm. thing, multiplicity the ability to dress up a variety of concepts in in different looks you know their core concepts being run slightly differently a different presentation from that and a different personnel for that so perhaps more unexpected and it's really working and jacob hollister's emerged as the the guy um greg greg olsen's never looked right in seattle really he's looked slow he's looked old he's like how old is he 37 now <laughs> maybe maybe 35 yeah. 
seven million dollars he got paid seven and the, nine. the connection with wilson isn't really there either no uh, like, like even like russ doesn't even really think about him a lot <laughs> did you see looking at him and he's open you see at the end of this game they had a drive concept and like uh, uh olsen was running over the middle on the deeper dig route and and wilson hit it like in front of him and it's like olsen didn't continue running so the ball fell incomplete it's like he was so shocked that the ball was actually yeah. getting close to him when yeah he was okay i remember what you're talking about now yeah <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. but hollister's it why did he what yeah. was that Hollister's it Hollister's good yeah, and I mean, quick and everything skilled. he was good last year yeah mm. yeah let Hollister in the in the kitchen with you Russ Shoddy. I mean maybe maybe this shit. one's directed at maybe this one's directed at Shoddy because I think Russ actually loves throwing to Hollister and I think and I think Shoddy just wants to make Olsen work he wants to make that idea work and but then, then what about the for a lot of reasons. what about the Wilson offseason campaign for to sign right. a, a big weapon and they appeased it by going for Greg Olson rather than a right. more expensive wide receiver? You're right. <laughs> See, man, if Josh Gordon was in this offense with the full offseason with to complement DK and Tyler, that would be that would be everything. <sighs> um, but nonetheless, like watching like Russ in his rookie year, because because there's there's the there's the caricature with Russell Wilson that oh he just scrambles around and stuff and if you and he still does that and he will always do that and like he has an issue with staying in structure and mm. blah 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 it's a big conversation got but better like, you would you would think that that applies even more the caricature the applies even more in his earlier seasons mm. ironically he was actually like. Not I almost he scrambled a lot his rookie year, but he did a lot of things like in structure his rookie year. It really wasn't like it wasn't really um bad parts of like fourteen and like fifteen and then parts of seventeen where it was just turned into shit. Well, sometimes. to add to that point, he he was in his but rookie he had year. Rice. Yes, yes, yeah. You should He's, probably have finished that. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, like he threw he threw into the teeth of zone coverage. Because he had no fear with Sidney Rice running like bending seam routes over the middle against cover two, you know, throwing throwing the cross to Zach Miller mm. against cover three. Like he really trusted Zach Miller, and I don't know why he didn't target him more. Because the scenarios in which he targeted him, he wouldn't even dream of throwing to even you know Doug Baldwin in their in their prime in their peak connection in he certain scenarios. That, he would needs neglect. that radius, doesn't he? Right, he wants the radius and he needs the the clear look. But even in cases where like he knows Doug is looking, he knows Doug is open, and he just wouldn't mm. throw it. And Doug will just slow to a jog, thinking like, mm. "What the well, hell?" Well, Met- Metcalf yeah. being moved around more is pretty big, but they do kind yeah. of need like another guy who isn't David Moore. Um, but I mean, anyway, I mean, DK, even though his his route tree is improving, I think he's just going to be a guy that just dominates on the perimeter in a variety of ways. But I don't, I don't see him being like a. I still don't see him being a guy that you can put anywhere like you can Julio Jones. For example. Can't run a stick route. <laughs> yeah, can't run. So, it. yeah. To your point about rookie Wilson, I think like he wasn't. Trying, he wasn't running around in the backfield constantly and then throwing it. it. He was like very much in the structure of a rookie quarterback offense, and then taking off if it wasn't there. You know, he had that electric right. speed to outstrip right. defenders. But like you said, 
there was very a structural nature to him. And part of that was coming out of Wisconsin, playing in mm. Chris's offense. Like, I mean, you know, it was very pro-style, all the ways that you want a quarterback coming out, even though they still overlooked him. So he was kind of used to playing with that. I feel like he kind of, as time progressed with Bevel, he was just kind of had too much leeway to do what he wanted. And I don't know, that Wisconsin offense, of course, they had an elite offensive line and you know under center was less of an issue for him in college because of the college hash marks because like you can make throws quote unquote over the middle if the ball's on hash because your cone of vision is outside of the the tackle so you don't actually have Mm. to look over the line to do it you know so whatever Mm. i want to Um, talk about i want to talk about the offensive line and how they they struggled and ethan posick i don't know what point he got hurt but and concussed because he's dealing with a concussion right now. But he was very bad. Uh, he, Zimmer, I had never heard of this Zimmer fella. In fact, I don't know his first name, which is just frankly disrespectful, and I apologize. But he uh, is a hell of a player, a hell of a defensive lineman. And the rest of the Buffalo Bills, we knew they had a dyma- dynamic front four. I'd watch Zimmer without actually knowing his name, but like they they get after people and both in the run game and the pass game they, they were very effective at destroying the offensive line particularly that side of uh jordan simmons had some struggles especially when they knew it was pass and then uh just post it can't handle guys one-on-one and that does cause yeah. its issues with protections and and i think teams are starting to work that out um yeah how, how did you see it i noticed they were running a lot of uh under center wide zone, which is their core run, but they're mainly aiming for the B gap bubble, um, which again I think is so that uh, Posick can like brush off the nose to the to the guard and then get get to the B gap and and be the guy who, especially when they're jetting the other way, be the guy who essentially is getting the safety who's filling into the B gap as everyone falls back of the jet. Um, so he's he's not given that much of an assignment that causes problems of like the the uh, play side uh, three technique, which is sometimes Zimmer. Sorry, the backside three technique because they're running uh, like against over, so to the weak side of over to the B gap bubble. That three technique was like engaging the, uh, the the guard, but then when the guard left to go for the nose, so the posic could climb, uh, like immediately the sift block, I think it's called. That uh, three technique was then jumping right over and just like demolishing the uh, the running play, which was routinely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which was why the run didn't really pop. But anyway, uh, how yeah, how do you view the offensive line? Am, am I right in being harsh? Well, no, I, am I, I, agree am I, harsh? I agree with everything you just said. The um, those early runs where like DJ or DJ Dallas had a couple of like a cluster of like seven seven to ten <laughs> yard runs. That was just like against really favorable looks. Um, mm-hmm. so, they were checked like, into, uh, I think. Yeah, Russ yeah. was shouting so, alert. <laughs> Yeah, so th- th- those were good looks to run against. Um, so, I mean, I-, I agree. I don't think, I mean, Posick, he's he's good with combinations if, you know, he's got, you know, he's like the least important part of the combo. You know, if he's, if if like they're giving a lot of front side help on the combo and then like like they're working the scoop really hard where they stay on the, the front side guard, stays on the, on the nose for quite a bit of time before he breaks off. That kind of lets Posick get into a position, to just kind of like hold him. And the, the the other thing is that like where 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 Posick was looking kind of solid earlier in the season. That's that's really Carson just kind of you know 
taking advantage of like anything because he's i don't realize like how good he actually is i kind of take that's Carson what, for granted that's what this is, is showing i think yeah yeah uh the the guard play is still decent simmons i don't i don't think simmons is quite as good as ayupati was but simmons is okay and yeah, then i fine. think damien da- damien lewis damien lewis is still really promising brandon shell keeps impressing me um in yeah. the game i, I didn't Did you think see him get out in space impressive. yeah he they pulled no. him a few times. He was good, yeah. like on tosses. Yeah. They 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 went because I was thinking before that game, uh, Dwayne Brown's like the clear toss tell because they're only going to toss left because Brown's so good at getting out in space. But this game, Shell was doing it. Like he's yeah. saving their free agency because their free agency looked crap. But um, yeah. Shell, wow, 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 and he's on a two year deal. Yeah, when Pete said he was his favorite addition to the team, period. Like of all the the draft picks, the trades, and the free agency period, wow! He he was the single most his favorite pick. That was he said that back in training camp. Damn. So at least Pete it wasn't coach Pete speak. called that. No, yeah, for once, or maybe it was, and it just incidentally he happened to be decent. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't know Rams game. Aaron Donald. <laughs> they're they're ready for their. They're ready for the Rams ground game at least. <laughs> they might they might view Jared Goff similarly as Jimmy G though. So they might they might be pressuring oh. again, not because they thought it worked like they like it worked last week, but because they're basing it off the San Francisco game. The good news is Sean McVay is like one of the most run heavy coaches in the league and he knows like probably deep down that Jared Goff ain't it, uh, as we all have known. Um mm-hmm. and but the problem is and, uh, you know, Jared Goff turns it on against the Seahawks. For whatever reason, they always seem to break Seattle. McVeigh knows what Seattle's doing at, like, at all points. Um, obviously, the Rams have diversified their run game and their concepts since they got essentially embarrassed and taken apart by the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But also the Bears yeah, set bit, the... Yeah. Bears set the foundations for that. And we saw elements of them uh, changing their stuff uh, against Seattle. Um uh, last time in in 2019, uh, but it was mainly busted plays. Like especially in the first matchup, it was yeah. busted plays where this, the defense played perfectly, but they couldn't get pressure because it was a bootleg. Now, what I think one thing we see Seattle do is they they've very much uh, blitzed the the backside of where they think the bootleg is going, and they've, they've pressured it very very hard with the safety. And I think Adams that will be where Adams gets done. Uh, they'll they'll yeah. do a bit of that, but. I I do worry that they just get into this whole thing of pressuring pressure. They don't need to. Um, it will right. be broken plays where they get done we, if they Yeah, because we want to see them play their bare spacing fronts, their three zero three, their stick, their falcon, and we want to see we want to see that the low hook high hook relationship with Bobby and oh, Jamal. Yes. We want it. We want to see what that looks like now, because because. The, in the second matchup where they got destroyed by the Rams last year, the first half game plan, they played mostly like cover three sky and they, they pressured some out of it, fire mm-hmm. zone out of it. And then in this, they were getting destroyed over the middle. The linebackers had no chance trying to stay fit for the run and robot the cross. And, and it also like Sean McVay throws a book at them with like, you know, the distributions with all the jet and the split motion. So it's like, who is the number two? Who is the new number three? Like, what do we, you know, like, who do I have? Do I take the delay? Do I take the cross? Like that yeah, type of shit. A piece of but, shit. 
But uh, but then in the second half, they they made an in-game adjustment, and it worked as far as covering the middle of the field went. They just played robber behind Bear, and it was great. Uh, actually, some of it wasn't always Bear or Stick. It wasn't always Stick. Sometimes it was their usual reduced over or reduced under fronts. Tough. But it was like, hey, they should have done this from the beginning. The only problem was they didn't have the athletes on the perimeter to handle the jet motion and to handle <sighs> the screens. Or not the jet motion, the actual fly sweep. They couldn't. They didn't have the athletes on the side, so they were structurally sound over the middle. They just mm-hmm. didn't have the athletes on the perimeter. In this case, theoretically, they have the structural answer for the for the play action cross game and the and the floods and whatnot. But they theoretically do have the talent on the perimeter now as well. If uh, depending on who's out there, like. I mean, I know we, I know there's mixed feelings on Ugo, but I would rather have Ugo played in that game. Well, the current Ugo played in that game last year as the nickel than whoever yeah. else was out there at the time. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jamar Taylor was it? Don't yeah. I don't think they even did they even let a nickel play? I don't I don't I, don't I think know, they just went base. Yeah, got th- like very limited in looks. So oh, and, and then and then like some. Th- third and long things uh, Ugo is up in the air whether he plays this game obviously he's still dealing with uh, I think it's a hamstring might be a ankle I don't know that's bad for me yeah. but he's dealing with an injury he's, he was uh, limited in practice this past day what's the day Thursday there we go now uh, I think there's still the other guy who'll probably be missing is KJ Wright so yeah. oh is that he, means they'll have to Did play I miss that? Yeah, he uh he hurt his, he got an ankle sprain, I think. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, so that means Nickel, DJ Reed, if not Ugo, and uh Jordan Brooks, who is built. Gonna be seeing a lot of Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Um he yeah, he he's been really good. I mean, I like the he idea of him on much. the him as the buzzer when they play when they play buzz. Hmm. Because really, the ideal pairing for most against NFL offenses now is Brooks and Wright, and sort of Wagner's like a, a piece. And something from the Bills game, which came out of it, was those three-three-five pressure packages, which we believe Norton calls Joker for people who care about names like that. But it, it basically swaps out a fourth defensive lineman and it uses uh, a variety of linebackers as those rushes. But in Brooks that system, Brooks the edge a little bit. He what? Oh my! Yeah, he's so fast. <laughs> His get off, dude. He's good. He's so good. What? Play him. He's like yeah. if uh, off the edge. He's like if um, if Shaquem Griffin was like twenty Bigger. pounds heavier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. He like he dips a bit. Yeah. Yeah. He, he absolutely does. But and, um, like, the bend was crazy. I was like, oh shit! I was like, when I watched, who is that, this? I was, they have a I was, Leo? I was, yeah, I was like, wait, is the real Taylor? Do they activate DeAndre Walker from the practice squad? Was I not paying attention? And then I looked at looked at the end zone view and it said fifty six. I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, but, um, I don't know. Yes. Uh, so hopefully, hope, hopefully the offense can just score. Probably needs to score 35 points to win this game. Mm. Aaron Donald uh, against Will Fuller, if Posick can't play, mm. is probably not going to be fun. That being said, I don't think Posick like, can't handle Donald one-on-one, so I don't 
think the game plan would be any different. And I don't think Fuller will get any more exposed than Posick would, to be honest with you. I don't even know anything about Fuller, but like I'm just saying that in the sense that Donald will get his stuff. They just need to go more they just need to go quick game and um sprinkle in the play action and then run the ball and, and, and just do that kind of deal of like running the ball enough that they res- respect play action, but mainly yeah. just quick game. And then you can start to bring in the shots once they start trying to take away the quick game. But they can't like they can't uh, just let Donald take over the game, and I don't think they will. They're not idiots. Their offensive game plan has been pretty good. They've adapted. Um, I still don't think it's an issue. Just they have to hope the defense comes. And like, it, I don't think it'll be as bad as it has been. I, I don't know. I've, I'm kind of at a loss with it. It's just, it's very upsetting. Um, but like we've said, this this whole approach is designed to beat the Rams. So yeah, yeah. If it doesn't, true. this will be it will be a real big downer. <laughs> what would be what would be really telling is if not if when the Rams go into empty to try mm-hmm. to see like kind of force Seattle's hand if they stay. If they stay in, like, if they crowd the box and they go into empty, just try to nuke the play. I feel like that will dictate like what they're. Yeah, if if, if they just game. go, if they just go like uh, cover one and like blitz, or like cover zero. Like, it's just, it's just fuck it. We're gonna, we're gonna beat Goff at the line. Yeah, and yeah, and then like the, McVeigh, the first... has the perfect beater with the receiver stacked, and we're yeah. just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. What, what, what the, f- the hell is it? The first snap, McVeigh, the first snap, the Rams have an empty formation. It'll be early in the first quarter. We'll know how the game is going to go. Yeah, if we're like, saying, if if like Pete Carroll's saying after the game, that's my bad. That was my suggestion to Kenny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, let's hope that's not the case. Uh, okay, so in the predictions, it's uh, it's three two to you, um, okay. because I think the last time we predicted, we were both like horrendously wrong because obviously the Cardinals won, and I th- like we have this really bad thing of predicting a blowout when it's not a blowout. So uh, maybe we shouldn't <laughs> it's not do that. Happen. Yeah. Uh, so what what do you think the score is going to be? Um, bearing in mind that your liver's on the line. Um. Seahawks score 37 points. Rams scored 31 points. Hmm. 37 so, 31. So uh, after that, are we feeling good about the defense? <laughs> um, We're going to feel, you know, they did some things well, but then there's just some busts here and some, you know, just getting beat out talented there, you know, but all in all, I think they can get back on track. That's what we'll be saying. Wow. Wow, that sounds nice. Yeah. I I think they'll win uh thought uh, 42. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm used to lying to myself. I think they'll win 42 35 and like similar kind of theme. Yeah. Right. Right. Well then, thank you for listening. 35. We're back. It's good yeah. to be back. Uh I think we both enjoyed this. I, I hope we did. And um yeah, leave a review. Do retweet it, share it with a friend, say these guys are great, even though sometimes they disappear. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening.